I have a small puppy here next to me. Uh, let me see if I can show you. She looks like Falcor in The Neverending Story. Oh, so she does. <laughs> Falcor's great, 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 great granddaughter yeah. or grandson. Look at her uh, eyes. They're light blue and long, are, long lashes. Wow. wow, what's her name? Her name is Daisy. Daisy. Hi, it's Daisy. a Bichon Havanese and uh, she's allergic um, friendly. So you oh, see her eyes, they're very... Yeah. Yeah. They're very striking. Yeah. Wow. She's, an she's lovely. Yeah, she's, she's lovely. lovely. She's yeah, she, she is definitely an ancestor of a Falcor. She yeah. yeah, she's here from another galaxy. <laughs> I could well believe that. Yeah. She's here for you. She's here to guide you and protect you. She is indeed. It's like, you know, it's she. From the moment that I've heard of her, and and when I got her, it was like three days. Uh, her mother is a rescue dog, so uh, it's also like I'm doing a good uh, a good deed by you know taking her on. Yeah. But from what when I when I heard about her and then so it took me three days, and uh, it was in such a good time because you know what with what, everything that is going on globally, mm -hmm. so it's just been me and her and this little puppy bubble uh so i don't have to worry about anything because uh, as an empath and introvert and um, yeah. highly sensitive person you do you know feel everything so so much Absolutely. and sometimes you don't even know what it is that you're feeling yes yes so, i can understand that so then it's good to have um a loving distraction yes and, and the thing just before we we introduce you to our guests here because we are live i think it um with, with an animal, especially a dog, is that a dog will never judge you, will never stop loving you. You know, I, I always remark about that too because um, I have a, a Belgian Shepherd, so she's quite a big dog and she can be very, very fierce. And if that dog wanted to, you know, it could really bite my arm in two. But I've stood in her paws and, you know, accidentally hit her and stuff like that and just done things on her. And that dog would never, ever think of using its strength or using its might to you know, attack me, even though that dog could, could do me serious damage. And it goes to show you the, the protection and the love, the unequivocal love that our animals have of us. And we can, we can learn a great deal from animals and they'll always be there. They'll always be loyal. Indeed. Animals, uh, many animals like dogs, particularly, and uh, many animals have a higher frequency of love than most humans have. So yeah. indeed, we can learn a lot from these beautiful beings absolutely okay well i guess i better introduce you you know because this the, <laughs> this interview is probably not going to be edited so anyone who's uh who's just tuned in is going to be watching wondering what is going on here um i'm your podcast host the zenith um as usual you're very welcome to another episode of the spirit channel i'm here with with the lovely ulrika carlson um, as you can see, her nickname is Ulis. She is Swedish and she is a lovely, lovely woman. We've just been having a little discussion just beforehand. And when I press the like button there, we were we were just carrying on. So please excuse us. But let me just introduce um, Ulrika. Ulrika is a feminist or feminine, leaders, um, a feminine leadership coach. She is an international spiritual teacher. She is a yoga teacher and therapist. She is also a public speaker. She has 28 years in various holistic disciplines. She is the author of 247, 
the journey home to the heart which was published in 2019 and she is also the author of holy fuck and sacred water which was published in 2020 uh, i think she runs a group and i can't even remember my writing here but it says something women incorporated um well, Harika, i'll have to pick up on that because i've i've handwritten that and can't even remember my own handwriting she also um is a, is a tantric yoga and meditation expert and she teaches a form of this to people as part of her coaching and teaching so i hope that's enough of though i've just remembered it's passionate women incorporated is that a facebook group Ulrika? no i i mean i'm for i work mainly with women because women tend to be more open and to be more uh, looking to you know um, to the spiritual realms than than the men. Uh, I'm speaking generally here, of course. So uh, uh, so I mainly work with anybody who wants to get closer to their heart and closer to who they who they truly are at the soul level. And um, so I'm not for everybody, actually. <laughs> uh, I in numerology i'm a number 11 and also number eight so number okay. 11 is a master's number and an eight is here to inspire and sometimes the inspiration can th can happen through challenging or provoking people so um either way is good because yeah. either way uh, we get to tap into a higher potential of who we are and higher consciousness yeah, I think I'm a six and a twenty-two. I can't quite remember, but I know that um, they're, they're master numbers, or one of them is a master number. And numerology, like many things, is just something that I have an interest in. But I there's there's just too much out there for one person to learn in kind of one lifetime, unless they're leading the life of a hermit or a monk and just devote every single day to studying new um, topics of interest or spirituality or holistic disciplines or um forms of um my 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 mind has went blank anyway things like that there but yes um you may just mentioned one point there Ulrika is and I kind of made that point before is um you know when we when we see seminars we see like spiritual gatherings or groupings or anything that is in that kind of holistic field or anything that, that may fall under the kind of spiritual umbrella any kind of public speaking or coaching 99 percent of it is made up well maybe not 99 percent, but at least 95 percent of it is made up of women there's very very few men are in attendance to these things and certainly it's my experience that even within the kind of spiritual umbrella community um within the likes of um psychic work or mediumship or maybe perhaps you can um identify with this and as well is that even men within them disciplines um are either of bisexual gay or very femininely oriented there's very kind of traditional masculine male people within those fields i i know a number of mediums and they're either gay bisexual or very, very in touch with their feminine side. So I'm wondering if you have any kind of thoughts on that. That's my uh, experience as well. As I said, just recently, uh, generally, oh, you just- That's left. okay. I made you full screen so people oh, can okay. concentrate on you. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, you just left the call. Uh, no, uh, I mean, 
we live in the Western world and we have so many unconscious programs that are going on, unconscious programs that we don't even, you know, we don't even know that we have them. And, and still, you know, many men are under the programs that they have to be, you know, the family provider or, I mean, my gosh, there's so many, so many programs that we have. And, and these programs, of course, affects our behaviors, our thoughts, our lives. Um, but, but I mean, we all are spiritual beings living in human bodies and having this human experience, but we all are spiritual beings. But, uh, I truly, truly believe that in the midst of these times that we are in now, like I see it as a global awakening, a global paradigm, huge, massive, intense shift where the feminine, I mean, regardless if I'm in a feminine body or if, uh, masculine body we all have yin and yang these are the energies of polarities of life that that we all are and we all have within us but for thousands of years the feminine the divine feminine has been really suppressed and our societies has enhanced and increased the value of the masculine and the masculine that has been you know uh, for thousands of years is not the divine masculine but what i call the immature the unconscious masculine and so what we need to do is to raise the frequency from the immature and unconscious feminine because we also have this in western societies and then we have the unconscious uh, masculine and we need to raise the vibration the frequency raise the consciousness and and coming back home to the divine feminine and divine masculine and I'm just going to give some examples on how how um, the immature or unconscious feminine mm -hmm. might look like. It can be a lot of focus on your appearance. It can be a sort of manipulation, can be in the energies of the immature or unconscious feminine. And the immature and unconscious masculine can be this always moving, you know, being productive, working, being busy. Uh, being the good girl or the good guy. Mm -hmm. So we, we all have these energies as we see in the societies today to make a lot of money. It, it's like the immature and unconscious masculine. Uh, so we have lived in these unconsciousness for thousands of years and they are programs to keep us down from the divine beings that we truly are. So most of us, we also have individually have this imbalance of the feminine and the masculine, regardless of the gender. Since I am in, in a female body, I tend to have more of the yin energy, more of the feminine energy. And you as, as um, uh, in a male body, most men tend to have mo more of the masculine energy, more of the young energy. But the society has suppressed the feminine for such a long time and I'm, I'm actually writing a new book about this, uh, okay. about the divine soul and, and all these global things that we are going through right now, individually and collectively, it's like a purge. It's like, you know, the old ways needs to die. So the new ways can, can have their space and, and can, can, can come to you alive. I need to take this off my puppies. Biting it. <laughs> <laughs> Daisy, so, no. Daisy, oh, you know. Uh, so, um, 
we are in the midst of an elevation, an ascension in frequency, regardless if I am in a female body or in a masculine body. We all are there and, and it's going to be a bit different from, you know, where we are in the world, who we are, what luggage do we have with us. So, um, but it's very exciting, like on a soul level, we have all chosen to be here. We have all chosen to be yeah. here in this time. Yeah, it, it it can be very hard. I don't know about Sweden, but certainly in, um, I guess, the UK in general, um, because that's, well, Ireland, UK, whatever you want to call it. We'll not get into that. Um, you know, when I kind of look around and I think about this coming shift and I think about, you know, this ascension process, and I, I understand, or to my belief, that it's not going to be for everybody. There's not everybody on this planet. It's... it's will we'll kind of make it if you like or we'll be ready for this ascension and even even um if, if we talk about most people who are ready for this ascension i kind of look around and i look at the um mentality if you like the the unbalanced nature of society you know um we talk about the 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 masculine i still see so many many immature um masculine males who are still kind of falling into that you know wolf whistle haven't grown out of that teenage boy um fears and i still see so many um women young women kind of older women who still um as you say fall into that kind of um young feminine energy where it's kind of all about the appearance and it's all designed to impress you know um or attract attention and within society at large we see um and this is one of the things that i kind of um <laughs> almost want to bang my head against the wall for because we're trying to bring these deeply important concepts we're trying to make people aware of them trying to get them ready for the ascension process um and yet our spiritual information and spiritual concepts makes up a tiny percentage of um of the nation's interest of the global community's interest um, I've talked about this so many times before is that we have people who um, are influencers and all this sort of reality TV stars and it just seems to be so shallow um, and I kind of wonder how or where or when is this ascension process going to happen because it doesn't seem to be any time too soon. So we are in the midst of it. Uh... Uh, like you know old tribes and, and natives and the yogic perspective also the yogic literature can be described from you know maybe 12,000 years ago and they wrote about this paradigm mm -hmm. the paradigm of, of the human evolution the, the divine soul evolution and and um, you know natives knew about this as well like the Mayan who wrote the Maya calendar if yeah. you're familiar with that like from the year of 2012 that you know things were going to crumble all the systems that we that are familiar to us were going to crumble and fall so we are in the midst of it and as you say we cannot force anybody to sort mm -hmm. of wake up or yeah. to have a higher consciousness it is designed by by its by each and one of us individual soul so the, first there are our individual souls and then there's the, like this this uh, world 
the, the soul of the world, you know, like collectively. So there are so many timelines at the moment, uh, you know, people who are ready, people who are not ready, people who are already there in a higher frequency and a higher timeline. And I, I get what you're saying because I too have sort of tried to, to, you know, pull people up to my timeline and to my energy, but it's not going to happen. It's it's only going to happen when when they are fully and ready to do so by themselves. And it and sometimes an awakening like my own awakening, my first book, like two forty seven a.m., the journey home to my heart. I was depressed and suicidal, and I was burnt out. So I needed to change my whole life and my perspective. And that's how yoga found me, and I found spirituality because. Most of us, we, as we said, we are spiritual beings, but most of us, we are too busy in our everyday life. So we, we are not connected to spirit and we are not connected to who we are at the soul level. And just take a look at how we are living. Like take America, for instance, they live in, in big cities, in high skyscrapes. Mm-hmm. And so that means that you are so much away from the, from, you know, from the earth, from being grounded. And uh, like women have high heel shoes, so this means that we are we are not grounded. We have not, yeah. you know, entered into our bodies. And in my community, many people talk about the ascension and the elevation and and to being enlightened. But this is just in the upgoing flow, the masculine flow that we have had for thousands of years, the rational thinking, the logic mind. So this is the ascending flow within in the energetic system of our physical bodies and the descending flow which is the feminine which is the the flow back to into our bodies into our hearts and to connect with mother earth because mm-hmm. just take a look how we are treating mother earth we are polluting her waters which we are writing about in in this book holy fuck in sacred water so we are polluting ourselves with our minds, with our thoughts, with our stressful lives. So we are polluting us as individuals. And then I bring my polluted, disconnected energy out into collective consciousness. So, and if I am not connected to myself, to my heart, to my body, not connected to Gaia, then, you know, then I, I, I can treat myself badly and I can treat others badly. So, because if I would be connected to my heart, if I would be in balance of the ascending and the descending flow, and they, by the way, meet in the heart, if I would be there and I would be balanced, then I would not treat myself badly. Then there would be no needs to rape myself or anybody else or to rape Gaia. But the way we are living at the moment, it's not sustainable. And that's why this global ascension process needs to be done. Because we are living in ways where we're disconnected from nature, disconnected from ourselves, and we, we are living lives that are not sustainable. So this is for me about going back to basic, going back to, you know, sinking down into the body, descending into the body, descending into the heart, uh, and to merge 
the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine because qualities of the sacred feminine is love, unconditional love, and also compassion. And in our parts of the world, we don't have so much unconditional love. We have conditioned love, programmed love, that we think that we have to do things to earn love or we have to look in a way or be in a certain way or uh, I love you if you love me back or I love you if you, you know, if you are good at work or if you make a lot of money or whatever. So we have these unconscious and limited beliefs that we need to earn love. So it means that it's conditional. And this is also the way how we look upon ourselves. Oh, I need to lose weight or I need to look like this. I need to be that, that, that. I need to perform a job. I need to be a f whatever, you know, this, the list goes on and on. And all of this is preventing us from being in, in our hearts with it, where there's unconditional love. And we are all from divine source, right? Yeah. Each and one of us are unique expression from divine source. But if we are disconnected, to ourselves, to our bodies, to our hearts, then we're also disconnected to the source, right? Absolutely. So uh, I truly believe that those souls who have signed the contracts before they came here, because it's not a coincidence that, you know, that we are alive. All these people that are walking on the earth today, it's not a coincidence. And we are here. We're here for the, the evolution of the soul. And it might look a bit different for each and one of us. But, uh, and some of us might have chosen not to ascend or not to. Yeah. We want to experience a life in matrix, in 3D uh, dimension. And so, so it can be a contract that we have. And then it's okay because then it is the soul that has chosen their path so there's no right or wrong i'm better than you i'm yeah. more developed i'm more you know enlightened because our soul has chosen it for us long before we came down into these bodies yeah yeah i fully agree with everything you said there and just listening to you we could take this conversation in about five different ways because there were so many things that i wanted to pick your brain about but i guess um I guess we need to kind of start with your journey because you know you you brought up your first book there and that's obviously very significant um as a part in your life and a massive part in your life um and, and listening to you and listening to what your book refers to um i'm not too sure how many people um could have gone through what what you have kind of went through um but it's obviously led you to be the person that you are today and those traumas and those that period of your life um or I, I guess it's more fair to say that you wouldn't be the person that you are today sharing this information and helping so many people in the ways you do without that trial and that, that kind of tribulation so if you could could you tell us um what this book 247 am is about and what part that played in your life and why you named that that part that book that that so uh, it's called 2.47 a.m. because that's the time that I woke up for decennials, de how do you say, yeah. Deca de decades. Uh, I woke up at 2.47 a.m. every night after 15 minutes of sleep. Uh, and I woke up at that time uh, and every night I was 
in my dreams of these 15 minutes of sleep. I was murdered. I was tortured and slaughtered. And, you know, it was blood splattering dreams that I woke up 2.47 every night with silent screams and with blood taste in my mouth. And this was, you know, when I look back into this, it was my soul's way of saying that you're not aligned. You're not aligned to who you are and who you're supposed to be because I was the good girl. I was very... Uh, you know, I've had um, eating disorders my whole life, sleeping disorders my whole life. Uh, at a very, very early age, I, I, I was an empath and a highly sensitive person, but I didn't know it at the time. So I felt so much and I suppressed so much because as a Swede, um, we even have, you know, like, like in our DNA that who do you think you are? You should not be too much. You should not be too happy, too horny, too too sad, too angry. You should just be normal. And when you have, you know, this flat line, it means that you're sort of dead, you know, like the heart goes up and down. But here in Sweden, we are very conformed and very uh, molded into to not being too much, to, to not express too much and yeah. not to... So, so I learned in a very early age unconsciously to shut myself down and to suppress my, the strong feelings that I had uh, and my strong intuition that I had. I, I had to sort of suppress it and hide it because it was too much. People couldn't handle me. Uh, it made them nervous or uncomfortable or unease. So, and, and you know, we, we want to be part of the community. We want to be part of the flock like, like the wolves. So we try to adapt to the norms that somebody, and I mean, norm is just, yeah. somebody has, some people have say that this is normal, this is not normal. And who are they to decide what is normal and not normal? So the, the norm, it's, you know, a fucking big program in itself. So, um, but I learned early to adapt and to suppress my emotions and to my feelings and you can do it up to a point unconsciously, but the soul, mm -hmm. it's, you know, nagging you. It's, you know, giving you a lot of signs. It's giving you a lot of communication, but I didn't listen. I did not listen. So the soul, you know, I'm stubborn as hell. I'm an Aries. So I'm, I'm, I'm hot-headed. I'm passionate. I have a lot of strength, uh, a lot of stamina. I'm the first, Aries is the first sign in the zodiac. So the leader, the bold and the, the fearless leader. So I, <laughs> I was so stubborn and, and, and good, <laughs> the good girl, even at suppressing my feelings and my emotions. So my soul decided that, oh my God. Okay. So we, we have tried to, you know, reach out to this girl for, for decades and she's not listening. So yeah, let's give her what, you know, a wake-up call. <laughs> so, and I got this wake-up call indeed. And so I share it in 2.47 a.m., the journey home to my heart. And I actually write about, you know, the vulnerable moments where I'm facing the dark in me, all the suppressed fears, insecurities, anxieties. So it's a book that is here to inspire you to face your fears and to go into the darkness because I can never be the light that I want to be if I don't 
face the darkness that I have inside of me and transform the darkness into light. So the more darkness and the more fears and stress and traumas and accumulated emotions that I face, acknowledge, feel and transform, the more access I have to my light. Absolutely. So I say that this book is like a trampoline for you to, you know, to dive into your own darkness. Uh, so it's not, a, you know, like a feel-good book, uh, but it is a feel-good book because I'm alive and I'm here. And it's necessary. I cannot evolve. I mean, in, we all know that there's no growth in the comfort zone, right? The growth is always outside of the comfort zone. So by sharing my raw and vulnerable, you know, process and yes. my dark feelings uh i'm also sharing and inspire other people to do the same and i i'm here with a mission i know that i'm here with a mission because i also do soul readings like karma clearings okay and when i did my own karma clearings a couple of years ago i i have something that in the modality is called two god sparks and that means that i'm here not only for myself but i'm also here you know, to do something bigger for the collective consciousness. And each and one of us, like you, Sanith, and I, and each and one of us, and you who's listening, who are dealing and really facing your own traumas and releasing your suppressed emotions, we are contributing to more light. We are contributing to this higher timeline, this higher consciousness. And if I am upholding the energy of suppressing trauma, suppressing emotions. I am upholding the energy, you know, of the unconscious darkness. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. And um, just once again, there's so many different points that I want to talk about in this. Um, I guess even just kind of looking at you and listening to you, it's quite obvious that you are kind of free now. You're free of the constraints of society. You know, you're just living the way that you want to do without a curve for how society views you, how society thinks of you. You're living in alignment with yourself. That's quite obvious to me, just sitting here looking to you and, and listening to you. And it's such a beautiful and inspirational thing to, to have someone who goes, look, this is me and this is the real me and I don't care. And there are so many people, as you quite rightly say, who are so caught up in that um, narrative of what society deems that I should be this way. So I have to be this way. I have to look this way. I have to think this way. I can't express my opinion. Um, or um, just kind of, uh, I had I had something there and it's gone. It's completely gone out of my head. <laughs> yeah, there's just so many people who are still taught, caught up in that. And yes, that's what it was. Thank you very much for giving that inspiration. Um, who are afraid to be vulnerable, who are afraid, as you've quite rightly done in your book, as, as, as brought the dark points, brought the dark um times in your life the things that you potentially could have kept hidden um, and brought them up to the fore and said look these are as much as part of me as the good parts and by doing that there you're inspiring other people to be honest with um themselves and other people too because we don't allow ourselves to be vulnerable within society we don't say look you know everybody i was just talking about this very recently everybody is kind of like living in this false fantasy where they bump into one another every day and 
say that everything is good in their life, everything is going well, um, without actually saying, well, things aren't quite so well in my life. You know, I have um, frailties, vulnerabilities, I have family issues, I have mental health problems. And by allowing ourselves to be vulnerable and by sharing our vulnerabilities, we can inspire other people to do the same. And from that kind of base point, we can then start to move forward as a society, as a human race. I totally agree. But also, it is so important not to judge. Like, yeah. like uh, I'm free and you're not. I'm on a high timeline and you're not. I'm, you know, I'm more evolved than you are because the soul chooses. And it's designed that way for each and one of us. And I think that is great because we cannot compare it to anybody else. The only that I can compare it to is myself and my own journey. And, and everything is about evolution, whether we like it or not. I mean, we are not the same people today as yesterday when we woke up, because even though that we're sitting here having this beautiful, heartfelt conversation, you know, cells within me are dying and I, I'm not even conscious that these cells are dying and new cells are born. And I'm, I'm, I don't, you know, it's not like oh, I'm feeling, oh, now thousands of cells were dying and I, I got 10 another beautiful cells. And here is the thing, within our cells, within our DNA, as I'm writing about in this book, and this book is also like a book that reactivates mm. your dormant inner codes. So if I have, you know, my limited beliefs or my programs with me from this moment to this moment where cells are dying and being reborn, then the cells take the cell memory with it, you know, from moment to moment. So that's why it's so important as we write in the whole of fucking sacred water to, you know, to clear out even cell memories of who we think we are, who we consciously think we are, because we are so much more. I mean, we are, we are freaking stardust. We are the same elements that the star contains of, but yeah. we have forgotten because we are so polluted with our busy lives and comparing and, and trying to, to fit in. So it's so important that also to honor your own journey. And, and I mean, if you want to dive deeper into this, I, as I said, I do karma clearings and, and soul readings. And it's so beautiful, you know, to okay. help one soul at a time to realize who they truly are, who we truly are. And uh, I think that, you know, eventually, because universe is also beautifully designed, universe is, you know, has such a higher consciousness than we do, even though that we try to control our universe, you know, we try to control everything, but the universe is designed to, you know, to move us forward, to move us into the better versions of ourselves all the time, better version of me, better version of you individually and also collectively. So that's how mm -hmm. the universe is designed. And we are, you know, fighting against it. We are trying you know, to hold on to things or to hold on to my weight, to hold on to this limited belief, to hold on to the money, to hold on to whatever. So, exactly. So we are fighting, you know, the natural divine force of the universe. And I think that 
this is what this paradigm is all about that to surrendering again into the feminine because the feminine is so much about surrendering i have no idea i don't know you know i don't know i and you said that i'm i am a free spirit and my body is really free but i'm still living here in matrix i need still need money to pay my rent yeah. and to pay for the food for my teenagers and my puppy but um if the more I am aligned with who I am, the more flow I have, like the energy is working itself out. So logically, I can't tell you how I get money because I don't work. I don't work. I don't have like I get some some soul readings here. I sell a book there. I do some consultations, but uh, I lost my yoga studio like two and a half years ago. Right. So I'm living on savings and I'm living on the belief that everything is energy like yeah. money is energy and the more i clear out of my old shit the more i make room and space for other things to come in so i think that you know i'm not you know near of being finished or who i am yeah i'm not ready i don't think i will ever be ready but i'm a better person today than I was yesterday because I have more access to do more conscious choices the more I clear out of my suppressed emotions, my inner insecurities, anxieties, whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, and this is also what the universe strive to make us to the mm -hmm. best version of ourselves. And each and one of us, we have our own paths in our own timelines but we can shift the timeline whenever we choose to because that is the amazing gift of being a soul in a human body with a free will i have the free will to choose absolutely do you know as you as you mentioned there's there's so many things that i that i want to take um deeper but um i can't we we still haven't got enough of you of your story and i desperately do want people to hear that dan as i think as i mentioned you know it, it's obviously quite clear to me that we need at least another interview or two to really get down and have a deeper conversation about some of these things because i mean some of my notes are obviously around sacred water the elements and the connections with even angels and how the angels are represented by elements and how it's all energy and the, the 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 masculine the feminine stuff like that so there's so so much that i want to talk about so i have to be um really strict and disciplined here <laughs> because i i need people to to actually get to know you and um, let me just bring you back if that's okay to that moment where it was such a powerful and it, it evokes such a powerful um memory or not a memory, but uh, an imagination, that part where after all of these years of getting like 15 minutes of sleep and waking up with these horrific dream states that you decided to take yourself off to, um, was it a cabin? Was it your parents' cabin, I believe? And at one point you fell um, completely down in the snow and lay there for hours on end. Yes, you talk a bit about that because I believe that was a pivotal moment in in your journey and your awakening. Thank you for asking and for taking me back. As you say, I can talk forever because obviously this is my passion, and I know I know it works because obviously I've been there, you know, totally depressed. 
Yes, so I was, um, I had two small children. The youngest were only a couple of months and I was married at the time. And uh, every night I had these, as I already mentioned, these horrible, horrible nightmares. And I, you know, every night, 2.47 when I woke up and I didn't know where I was, I was so confused and I was still, you know, part in the dream and part awake and, you know, my heart was pumping and I could feel the taste of blood in my mouth and and all this time my husband at the time he lay next to me and he never knew what I was through every night so I'm I was just telling him that I was tired uh, I didn't tell anybody at the time that I you know was suicidal that I every morning was standing full of self-hatred in my eyes and looking myself into the mirror and all I could see was this self-contempt and a lot of hatred and I was standing there with a lot of pills for depression for sleeping disorders for anxiety attacks with the pills in my hand thinking is this the day that I'm gonna you know end my life because this is no life this is no life I was like a junkie uh, you know I was so sensitive to any light or any sound, so even my small kids, when they made a sound, I got angry and, and so on. So I was, I just told my husband at the time that I was so tired, so I needed to rest. So I left to my parents' cabin in the um, Swedish archipelago, which is a beautiful, serene place out in the nature. And I was there and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm finally going to be able to sleep. But I, you know, I had to turn off the fridge and everything because I couldn't even stand those sounds. Yeah. My, my, everything was so enhanced. And then, uh, so the first night I come out and I didn't sleep, you know, a bit. Uh, it was cold. Um, I felt very alone and, you know, far from my beloved ones. So I, I lay awake all night. And then in the morning I could feel this unease moving within me and I was so familiar with it but at the time I also had you know a strategy trying to navigate through it so I took long power walks uh, so I could also lose some calories at the time I was very effective <laughs> so uh, I have this uneasy feeling and it's a beautiful day it's snowing outside and the sun is shining and you can see the snowflakes falling down like in one of these toys that you can shake. <clears throat> so, uh, so I'm trying basically to run for myself and to run from this feeling by, and I'm increasing my, my pace. They're walking in the forest. I'm there all by myself. And then it's like an, a volcano inside of me. And I, I'm so absolutely terrified because I have no idea what it is. So I'm trying to suppress it and I'm trying to walk faster and, you know, to, to get sweaty, so I get distracted. Uh, but I can feel that it's moving. And so so it, it goes on like this for a while, and I'm totally terrified because I have no idea what's moving inside of me. And then all of a sudden, I, I get like a stab right in my chest like this. It's so intense, and I just, you know, I truly believe that I'm having a heart attack and that I'm going to die. And I'm, I'm remember at the moment because I have this crazy thought that oh the snow is coming up you know the snow is coming up to to hit me in my face 
So it's actually me falling down. And I'm all cramped in fetus position, like holding my chest like this. And I can hear something snap within me. And then all of a sudden, this thing within me, I can't stop it anymore. I can't suppress it. It's like a wild force in itself. So I just hear some really horrifying noises, like, you know, somebody's dying, like, like a wounded animal. So I'm lying there, you know, holding my chest uh, with this intense pain, being stabbed with this knife, uh, curled up in fetus position, falling down into the snow and hearing this, this wounded, this raged animal. And then I realize that it's me. So it's me these sounds comes from deep deep within me i've never heard about them before I, I i didn't know that they were there and so i lie here you know trying to suppress the pain in my chest and and i hear all these funny noises grunts and my tears are just pouring down hot pouring down like like lava and so i lie there for hours and hours and then when I come back to my senses, it's pitch black. And then I come to the realization that I've been there for hours and hours. And when all this eventually subsided, like the sobs, the grunting, the grunting noises, the howling, the crying, and it subsided and it was all pitch dark and it was all still. It was like how I describe my meeting with God or source or, you know, the universe, whatever you like to call it, because God is also programmed into being a religious system, right? So I was connected to something bigger than myself. And it was so still. It was like this stillness just expanded within me. And for the first time in my whole life, it was all still in my, I didn't have the monkey mind, the thoughts telling me what to do, what to think, what to believe. And it was like, wow. And everything out in nature was enhanced. Like I could hear the snowflakes falling. I could see different uh, shades of the pitch black. I could hear, you know, uh, an animal move far away. So I just... And I, then I noticed that this intense, this massive pain in my heart was also gone, just as sudden as it has come. And this was sort of, a, as you say, like a turning point, like this, I need to do something. I can't live like this anymore. Either, you know, I go back to my life and then I'm, I'm going to be dead. And then I'm of no use to nobody, not to my small children, not to my husband or anybody. And for the first time, I go back to the cabin. I don't light any lights uh, because it's so, uh, I just want to sit there in the darkness. I sit there by the fire and I am for the first time in my life happy and all still. And I'm just content in a way that I can't describe it. Yeah. And so I sit there all night and... Um, and I go in and, and, you know, sit in the shower for, for a long time in the hot shower. And, and it's like this knowing that, okay, finally, we have your attention. Yeah. And it's going to be good. 
but the road back from where I was, you know, I was so depleted, all my organs were so depleted from from decades of poor sleep, 15 minutes of sleep for decades. So it took me many years to come to to come back to just, you know, the the zero point and then like a bank account to to build up the credit or to come back yeah. to my heart. I've never been in my heart. I've never, you know, been there. It's all been conditioned love. If I do this, then you love me more. If I do this, then, you know, then I'm accepted or whatever. So it was the first time that I came into my heart and I had this spiritual awakening and with that also a sexual awakening. So, um, and I've told this story many times because also for me, when I was suicidal, I one day put up the TV and, and there was Oprah Winfrey show. And there was one person saying this one thing that, you know, I didn't commit suicide that day. So that's why I love to be in podcasts and to do with my books or whatever I do, you know, my, my teachings, my classes, my soul readings, because if there's like one word or one thing that I do that resonates with one person out there, then I have paid back my my debt, my karma. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I get no. quite emotional when I talk about it now as well because it's easy now when I'm here. But when I was there, it was a living hell. And, yeah. you know, I have so much love and affection for this, for this poor person. You know, she was so alone in all of this. And it was such a hard journey for her. But, but she made it and she's here. Absolutely. And that is such a... a- beautiful beautiful tale and i can really really appreciate and thank you so much for condensing i I can only get this kind of overview this sense of of condensing these decades down into this small five ten minute conversation and the emotions that that bring back you know it it goes beyond words and the experience that you experienced you know coming out of that is such a transcendent experience it goes beyond words it really does I can perfectly understand, you know, the, the pain, the misery that you went through every day, every waking hour for years and years on end for decades. And then to try and condense that down into a five, 10 minute conversation for someone. So I just want to let you know that I really, really appreciate you taking the time to do that for me. I don't know how many people have said that for you, but I have this real empathy for you. I have this sense of what it's like to to try and do something like that. You know, it, it's massive, massive part of your life. And although we are trying to ascend and heal from it, it's the, the scars must run so, so deep and to have those emotions and to, to actually wear them on your sleeve and to be able to break down in front of a stranger on a public podcast takes a lot of bravery. And I can only thank you for doing that. And I wish you all the very best in your journey. And if you ever need healing, please ask me for it. I will do what I can as a spiritual healer in order to try and just bring that little bit more happiness and light into your life. Thank you so much for the acknowledgement and for the generous offer. And I, as I said, that was just my starting point to coming back because uh, it's, it's no easy way to come back home to who we are after thousands of years of deep programmed. So it was a journey and 
And today I'm grateful for that journey because obviously I wouldn't be here if I hadn't done it. And, mm-hmm. and also to have, because for me it's also different between, you know, knowledge, you can read so many books and you can get it in theory yes. and by your mind, but this embodied wisdom that I've been through and that I'm also sharing in my teachings, it's, it's something, and then it's good to have somebody to hold on to in, in your hand, you know, to somebody who has been there or done that. And because you are the one that needs to move your feet on your path and to clear out your karma and your traumas. But it's good to have somebody to hold in your hands while you're doing it. So, um, and from this, I, I mean, I've grown so much and all these, it's like a layer of an onion. You're peeling and peeling and peeling. And then when you think that, oh, I'm, you know, I've, I've looked so much into this and then it just comes back in another shape and form yeah. and you're being triggered by the outer society or something within yourself. I've just actually come back from a three three and a half month long purge oh wow yeah and wow. it was also like being in hell so that's for another talk <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. i would love to hear more on that i really would it's such a fascinating journey and as i said that the experience that you were talking about um with with the sounds of nature being so enlivened and, and being able to perceive even different shades of black and even in that silence you're, you have this connection with source them experiences or those experiences just be go beyond anything that we can verbalize it does not translate into human language it needs to be experienced and i think um this is what's kind of so difficult about people like you um on these experiences it's very hard to to bring those experiences into a format that people can can understand because it's just kind of words and you really need to be experienced to experience that um, so what I'm kind of wondering is how then did you get from, from that point there, if you can condense that down to, to kind of like taking your life it, uh, by your aunt, grasping the nettle, if you like, and, and, and saying, right, okay, now I've found a purpose. Now I'm being directed. Now things are finally beginning to move for me and like my, my life. And I don't know at what point, in your journey this came but i did listen um to a part where you had absolutely no money but you um or let me just rewind there a bit in your dreams you had this idea of yoga but it was unlike any yoga that you'd come across and i'm kind of wondering because i hadn't quite um got to that part or didn't quite get that part at what point did you um because i know you attended yoga classes but they didn't match up with your vision. And I'm kind of wondering, did you discover your vision? At what point did you realize your vision could become a reality? That's a good question because at the time uh, I was into yoga, but I was into a very masculine sort of yoga with a lot of young energy. It's called Ashtanga yoga with a lot of asanas and it's a lot of fire. And there was also illusionary good for me i thought it was good for me but uh, when i also had eating disorders because i think oh i'm doing yoga now i can also burn calories so it was totally wrong mindset on what yoga is Mm -hmm. and at the time there were only 
yeah so many masculine yoga forms in the and if you are burned out you can even hear by the name that you have too much fire in your energy system you're burned out you're depleted your your organs are all, all fired up all burnt up so i you know finding myself from this starting point i i have taken so many different you know healing modalities classes courses silent retreats i'm also sharing about an experience from a silent retreat in, in 247 where i'm okay. sitting in 10 days in total silence so there's no escape you can't wow. use your phone you can't talk to anybody you can't put the tv on you can't go to the fridge if you're hungry so you just sit there with yourself from like 4 30 in the morning till like 9 30 in the evenings wow. in, in silent retreats so um so I did so many things to heal myself and all these, you know, to let all these unconscious programs and, and traumas come to the surface because it's, it's so easy. I mean, it's simple, but not easy, really. It's really, really uh, simple, but not so easy when you're, when you're there because basically it is that everything that we have been through in this lifetime and the past lifetimes and everything that our ancestors have been through is within ourselves, in our DNA. So we have so much things <laughs> inside yeah. of us and it's stored in our bodies and we're not even aware of it. So, and if we are not aware of it, right, how, how can we change something that we're not even aware of? So the very first thing for a change to occur is to become conscious of it, is to become aware, okay, here's, oh, here's a thing, like here's something that, you know, it's nagging or it doesn't feel right or, you know, something wants to be expressed or communicates through me. So the more of these traumas that I've allowed to come to the surface, so it could be witnessed, acknowledged, felt and transformed because here's also the thing if i have a lot of fear within me i cannot replace it with you know some joyous and positive affirmation ah oh, everything is good and this is going all right like so much of the spiritual community is doing yeah. if i have stored fear or grief or whatever i have stored i have to this is my personal and professional experience so take whatever resonates yeah. with you okay but so if i have all fear stored then i cannot clear it out by being joy or you know <laughs> being happy yeah. or horny i have to be in the essence that the emotion in itself was stored and if it was stored as fear then i have to face it as fear if it was stored as grief then i have to face it as grief and i have to feel it i have to not only mentally know about these things i have to feel the grief so it can be witnessed like in quantum physics if if something is being witnessed then it changes it transforms so by being the witness of your own pain and your grief and your traumas you're both the witness the observator and you're also the participant right because you feel the massive pain yeah. like me lying there in the snow so, but when you see it, you acknowledge it, you accept it, you feel it, and then you transform it. So for me to sort of answer your question, to come 
who I am today. Like I had to so many difficulties that I had to face and so much pain, grief, sorrow, anxiety, doubts. I still doubt myself. I doubt, you know, like if there's, if there's space for me in this world, you know, as we talked before, like the world might not be ready for us. So who am I if I'm not, if, if I'm sending out on a frequency and people are not there, you know, <laughs> is there space for me then? Can I be this corny and horny and happy and, you know, can I be too much of everything if I want to? So I really, at this starting point, starting in the snow, have, have basically like, like the onion peeled off layers and layers of grief and traumas. And I've been the one in my family to to tie up all the knots from my ancestors trauma and it's said that when when somebody does it in the family line it goes back at least seven generations back and seven generations to come so and and i have two kids so i do it for myself but i also do them Mm -hmm. do it for them and by doing it i mean each and one of us who are doing this clearing and this, as you say, courageous path that we're on, because it's not easy, because you get targeted. Uh, People don't understand you. People think that you're too much, and they say, okay, how long are you going to be like this? You know, blah, blah, blah. And people uh, are getting provoked by you or so. So, but, but each and one of us who does this dirty job or, you know, like, happiness is an inside job yeah. being free is an inside job but in each and one of us that is doing this we are raising the collective consciousness and we can thereby open the doors for others to follow brilliant that that that's truly truly inspiring um absolutely amazing i love listening to you and um, so much I, I can learn from you there's so much that i want to talk about um, but I, one of the points that you mentioned there, which is so um, salient, if I can use that word, I don't know what it means, but it sounds good, so I'm going to use it anyway, and I hope that it means what I think it means. But one of the points that you mentioned there is that transformation is not easy. Doing this work is not easy. It is the hardest thing that you will do in your life. And when you are growing, when you're expanding, when you're transforming you begin to change then as a person and the people around you who have been used to you in a certain way don't understand this and they begin to feel frightened because change even if it's for the positive in people's lives is scary because it represents the unknown and so even in jobs if people know that potentially they should move from their job i'm just using this as a reference um, because it, it, it's it's good for them. A lot of people will stay there because change is scary. It's the unknown. And I guess that applies to a lot of people um, doing transformative work, doing the inner work, doing the, the, the shadow work, the dark night of the soul, whatever you want to call it. They shy away from that because it's, it's scary and it represents change. They can feel themselves changing and they don't want to. And so they bury those feelings and, you know, try to busy themselves in life. Um, There's so much that I want to talk to you about, but I I have to try and remember what it is that I want to talk about. So, yeah, you're right. Change is is uncomfortable. And I guess um, for us who try to grow and live in alignment with who we truly are, um, 
it, it becomes uncomfortable for people to see that too. Um, now, obviously, you are the person that you are, and I am kind of the person that I am, and I'm still changing as you still are. I'm still growing, still evolving, um, and I, but I'm becoming more of the person that I want to be, the person who I truly am, and part of that is obviously this integration of the feminine energies into the masculine form, and that is bringing about so much transformation within me um, for the better, and part of that is... Um, uh, a change in the mannerisms that I have, a change in the behaviors that I have, a change even in the outer appearance that I have, not to mention on a cellular level, um, but how I, I even interact with people. Um, and it, it, it's hard because, as you quite rightly say, people don't understand that people can ridicule you for the person that you're becoming, the way you talk, the way you dress, the way that you behave. Um, so it is hard and sometimes it does feel that we're trying to bring this to a society and we're kind of light years away from where they currently are and you're right it's kind of like well am I ever going to to, to get through is what I'm doing going to be of a benefit to, to anybody but um, I'm trying to make a point out of this and I guess when I pretty much like yourself you read about some of these people going back 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago when their message wasn't understood then. And it's kind of only now in today's society where they're being remembered, where their work is kind of being dusted off and understood. Part of me wonders about that. Part of me wonders is is our, is what we're trying to bring to this world really going to be a benefit in future generations rather than in the immediacy, in the now? Uh, good question. I think both because everything also we are also multi-dimensional beings we are not i mean our bodies are here in matrix in matrix movie like these uh, these uh, we the illusionary physically bodies because basically we don't even have the bodies we're just energy it's just energy spinning in a certain you know frequency and then that's why we we, we believe that these bodies are real i mean they are real in 3d but then again, they're not real, if you know what yeah. I'm saying. So I think it occurs as multidimensional beings and also living in parallel you know, t- timelines uh, that it can be both. So we are both affecting right now as the past and the future connects right now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I, if I, if my timeline, if I would have stayed there in my timeline then I would have died and I wouldn't have had these experiences and this embodied wisdom to share and so my energy would have you know that would have been my energy contributing to the world sort of where I was then so it's both happening now and also happen it, it has already happened and it's also going to affect is that like answering your question? Because yeah, you have I, to think, you yeah, have to I, think in, in uh, like our thoughts, for instance, I, I think that they are in 4D, like they are very real, but they are not in, in like physical form, but they're yes. still energies yes. and we're influenced by them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I do understand what you said. I guess I just didn't want to um, alienate anyone who doesn't understand what we're talking about. Ultimately, time is an illusion. It's something that it we is. experience here, but it doesn't really 
exists certainly in the higher planes it's completely different my exactly. understanding is that um they don't operate by time they operate by space it's kind of reversed i don't quite understand that myself but ultimately what we're experiencing ultimately um the past the present the future are all happening simultaneously exactly. at the same time exactly. and this is what makes time travel kind of possible yeah. um even creation itself everything that has ever been and everything that ultimately will be is happening simultaneously at the same time it's just a hard concept to try and get your mind around when when you're trying to live in this 3d reality you know sometimes we can be in those higher dimensions we can be in those higher realities and then when we kind of interact or bump into someone um who's kind of hasn't got that global consciousness yet we are forced to operate on their 3d level and it can be kind of frustrating so yes i i do perfectly understand what you're talking about and i understand all these kind of timelines i just wanted your your kind of input on that and um, i also want to add sorry for interrupting but it's also okay. like um like what i am saying now and what i have experienced it's nothing new it is stored in the Akashic record because yeah. each and one of us souls, we have an Akashic record and the Akashic record is like Google for the soul. So you have one Akashic record, like you have a whole Google for yourself. I have mine and each and one of us has. And then there's this, this higher uh, like consciousness where all the Akashic records are. That's yeah. how also like yoga says that we are, uh, yoga means, union or connection and that's also you know yoga aims for me to be connected with my darkness with my lightness to connect with the feminine and to connect with the masculine to connect my body mind and spirit to connect with the conscious feminine and conscious masculine because we need both i cannot only be in my heart i need the the clarity from the divine masculine that cut, can cut through like a sword through all the bullshit that we have surrounded ourselves with, like from ourselves or from society. So we need the, you know, the masculine, the, the clarity to cut through all the bullshit that we are busy doing. Yes. And also quantum physics means entanglement. So we are entangled both body, mind and spirit and also in these Akashic records. And so here you can find the information of your soul, the, mm. the, who you are at the soul level, what star system do you come from? What energies do you carry? What are your gifts? And these readings I do. And so, so also what I'm saying is like, you know, millions of people before me have said this. It is just that us in this modern society, living these stressful and busy lives, we have forgotten. So that's also one thing to remember because we know it's it, it's in each and one of us. We have access to it if we choose to. Yeah, absolutely. We just need You're to clear right. out the old shits before we get to the, <laughs> to the goody. You, you are right. Just before we turn our attention to um, the, the divine feminine and masculine and, and things like that there, I, I did want to touch on that because it's it's been playing a current or recurring theme throughout this interview of our of our modern lifestyles and i like you i'm constantly talking about it i'm constantly talking about how we're not living in a natural life and this is why when we go into nature and we begin to relax and we begin to detox 
then things begin to drop away and we begin to relax because we are living naturally. We are living as nature intended it to. And when we come in, into our cities and our built up environments, we have so much pollution with noise pollution, traffic pollution, electromagnetic signals, um, uh, mobile phones, food, uh, uh, the list goes on. Um, stress, demands on our times, appointments to keep, telephone calls to make, emails to send, um, children if you have them, their schooling and stuff like this, deadlines to make. Our, 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 we're, we're completely living um, at a, a, in a very unnatural way. We and are. this is why, probably like you, that I need, I, I absolutely need large times in nature, lead, need um, huge amount of times in nature on my own, away from everyone, because I need to detox and I need to bring myself back to the very basic elements and that I need to reconnect with nature. And I've actually... Um, I've actually been out once and um, I've actually reconnected with with the trees, with the environment. I actually felt them as living beings when I touched them. I felt a connection with them on a deep level. I felt they were communicating with me on a deep level. Um, just a, this beautiful transcendent experience, as you rightly say, we can't put into words. Um, and I, I, it's it's beautiful when you're in that state because you want to kind of live in there. But unfortunately, and I always say that, you know, my ideal holiday, my ideal holiday, um, if I won the lottery, would not be a kind of like um, luxurious location. It would probably be somewhere in the depths of Papua New Guinea um, with a law of civilization, if not somewhere on my own. And I would quite happily live there. But I think the problem with that is, and as as someone who is kind of introverted like yourself, and that might sound strange to people who are joining us here, um, how can they be an introvert when they're doing all of this kind of spiritual work? But it brings me back to this point again, is that although we want to be on our own, although we want to be in nature and have this connected life, we need to be in society. We need to be in amongst people in order to facilitate this shift and this change within people and so it becomes a necessary part of our being regardless of how we kind of feel on a personal level or what we want in our personal lives we're here to serve we're here to serve the rest of humanity who aren't quite there yet yeah for sure we are here to serve ourselves first because it's like with the old cliche with with the oxygen mask complaints like if i if i don't use the oxygen mask to myself first then i can't help my children with the oxygen masks if i pass out so we're here to serve ourselves we're here to serve others for sure and uh, yeah that's that's an interesting thing yes i'm i'm very much an introvert i i love I mean, I love people. That's why I do it. I mean, we are brilliant. We are godlike, for God's sake. But we are also stu so stupid and so ignorant <laughs> and so brainwashed. And I get very tired. So I, yeah, I can never work like you know the norm again. This norm. Somebody said, you know, we need to work forty hours a week. That that's the normal thing to do. I I, I cannot do that because when I've like even with this interesting pod that we are having and we are, you know, truly in our hearts and the energies from the heart. But this also means that we are so present, right? 
Mm-hmm. So it takes also a lot of energy and a lot of effort to be present and to yeah. hold space. And like when I'm working, so I, I, I work, <laughs> you know, I, I don't have much money because people yeah. also think I'm, I'm, I'm a free spirit. I live an abundant life. And people say, well, how can you live abundant if you don't have a lot of money? Because money is just energy. Money is just a perception of energy and it's meant to flow. And it's not meant to be sitting on a bank account. Money is meant to, you know, flow. Like everything is meant to flow. So I have enough money for the life that I've created for myself. And when I don't have money, money, new money is coming in. (laughs) Yeah, I can understand that. Like yourself, um, I I cannot go back to that. I I, I just it, it does nothing for me. I just end up resenting, you know, having to to go out and give my labor over for something that I know um, is not the life that we should be leading. And unfortunately, like yourself, because of that, I don't have a lot of money. But whatever money that I have is just about enough. And as you, I I, I kind of put my faith in that. And say, well, I, when I don't have enough money, money will come to me. I, I will be looked after. I know because this is my path. This is what I'm meant to do. And if I wasn't doing it, then the money would drive up. So somewhere, um, somehow, money seems to come to me whenever I need it. And exactly. it, does, it does take money. I mean, doing this podcast re- requires me to pay a subscription for the use of it. It costs electricity to to run the, the laptop, the, the equipment, you know, to, to have a website and a domain. They all cost money at the end of the day. And I guess people who probably aren't involved in this um, in this kind of media don't quite understand that there is quite um, a number of overheads in just even trying to get your message out to the world and having people, um, or a place for people to come and connect with you. So um, it, it does cost money to do that. And I guess it's that kind of old um, adage, if I can use another word, which I don't really mean, but it sounds good. <laughs> um, it's that kind of old concept of, of that old way of living where people think that I need money, I need money. And when they get themselves into that mindset, they'll never have enough. And this is why they're trapped in that hamster wheel um, of, of constant you know, productivity and, and working. Whereas if they take a step back from doing what they're doing, as scary as it may be, and reevaluate their lives, then they'll actually find that... Um, I am actually more productive and I can get more done without um, committing to that lifestyle. Yes. And I also want to add like the yogic perspective on this with money because money is, you know, money from the beginning is meant to keep us safe, to keep us secure, to have a roof over our head, you know, food to eat, to provide for our families. And it's very connected to the root chakra. And again, we come back to the root chakra, you know, being in our bodies, being connected Mm -hmm. to Mother Earth. And we are not connected to Mother Earth the way we pollute her and the way we treat her. I mean, we we, we basically rape Mother Earth. So that means also that, you know, our whole perception of money is, is also programmed. And because if if yeah everything is just energy it's i mean this is a whole topic in its own because it's but the the more clear i am in my energetic system the more shit 
basically I have cleared out from my cells, from my DNA, from my traumas, the more access I have to free flow. And that includes money. Just two days ago, I was actually thinking, oh, I need some money now. And then yesterday I sold like, you know, three books. So, so I, I, and people are talking about the law of attraction and there is such a thing as law of attraction, but many people are just confusing it with mental. They are saying things, they do vision boards, uh, whatever, whatever. But if their inner energy is stuck, if they're full of frozen emotions and mm-hmm. traumas, then the energy can't move so easily. We are all manifestors. We are all divine creators. But but if yeah. the energy is not, and then you can have you know like old contracts about money also, that we can do karma clearings about. So, yeah. Yeah. So people can have unconsciously programs about money. I need to have more money because they need to feel safe and secure. So then they need to work more on their root chakra to feel more grounded and connected in who they are in their bodies. So that's also another aspect of money is because now that I'm, I am grounded and my chakras are aligned and I am who I am at the soul level, I'm very much aligned to my soul and my soul's purpose. Mm-hmm. Then things are just flowing naturally. And this is also nothing that I can explain logically or with words. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And this is the thing we, we need to understand um, once again about these concepts like like chakras and stuff and how to overcome blockages and to get them more in alignment. Um, and I talk about that too, but I also talk about the purpose of this is and I, a lot of people um, when they talk about chakras and that kind of sort of stuff and um, overcoming blockages, it's this kind of modern i don't know if it's modern but it's this kind of aspect of the kundalini you know i want to have a kundalini awakening or i'm gonna you know this it's it's, it's, slow down it's not about that it's about becoming more in alignment with yourself it's uncovering these aspects of yourself which are causing these blockages so that you can allow that energy to rise and it's a two-way system we have the energy that comes up and we have the energy that comes down as you quite rightly say and these energies are meant to to blend with one another and clearing balances it's i think the concepts of the teachings that i understand it's not so much about having these chakras full open so that we can have these energies come and you know be like jesus or whatever themselves it's about having them in balance with one another as the yin the yang the light the dark the feminine the masculine everything is in balance this is what it is you can't have one without the other so what we're trying to do is becoming more balanced within ourselves not to have this you know a, a, a kundalini experience in which we are away wherever else you know these things take a lot of work and going back to the yogi practices there's yogis who have been doing that for 40 50 years and they've still not got that kundalini um realization you know we uh in the the kind of buddhist philosophy a lot of people in the west mistake and they all have these little buddha um statues on there (laughs) without actually realizing and they this they kind of think well that's buddha you know you need you he was this person, but Buddha is just a term. It means um, enlightened one. And, and most Buddhists and realized people will understand that you're not meant to worship the Buddha. You're trying to become a Buddha. You're trying to become an enlightened being. And exactly. so it's this idea of what we're trying to work towards 
and it takes a, a lifetime, many lifetimes. But the most important parts of that is learning to ground and learning to overcome blockages so that we can be in balance with one exactly. another. Exactly. Exactly. This is, this is what the idea of the divine masculine and the divine feminine is. It's not so much, um, well, and this is a problem in modern society. I don't want to go off at a tangent here where we have this silly, silly concept of people using their pronouns in front of their name. I am Mrs. and Miss, and I am Mr. and Mr. You know, you're, you're going the opposite direction. We need to be coming more together. We need to be integrating these two energies um, so that we can be a balanced person. And um, this is just what kind of the what, what I kind of wanted to talk about about the what the divine feminine and divine uh, masculine actually mean because a lot of people think that it's uh, the divine feminine is simply for 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 women and divine masculine is simply for for male and it's it's obviously not quite that at all. No, and uh, I mean, my God, we could talk for hours. Uh, I really need to go soon. My puppy. Yes, absolutely. Food. But we're, I just want to say also that, anyway. that, it, that is what you're saying. And, and so we are unbalanced on an individual level. And that means that our societies and the collective and the collective consciousness is also unbalanced. It's as simple as that. So coming back to basic and, and, and it starts like, like the balance actually starts in the root chakra. Mm -hmm. right we need to go back into our roots Absolutely. we need to go back into back into more connection with nature and ourselves and we because we don't have roots we are not grounded we are not anchored and that means that we are always in the ascending flow always flying moving towards something escaping from something but if you are rooted in yourself and in your roots and the root chakra, and most of us people in the Western societies, uh, like the, the first three chakras that is representing our unconscious mind, most of us, we are so unbalanced from, you know, all the way mm -hmm. from the root chakra. And then many of us live here. We overthink, we... we uh, we prioritize uh, rational and logical thinking. So many people are just living from the headspace. And that means that the energy has left from the chakras, from the chakra system. So you're just like a walking, talking head. And that's why it's so important, again, with the descending flow, the feminine flow, the connection to yourself, to your body, mm -hmm. uh, and to accept and to love your body the way it is, and to clear out from a cellular level and from from the karmic perspective all the shit that is dragging that is dragging us down so much so we try to escape absolutely beautiful like this is what i love about having you on because you explain concepts in a deeper um and hopefully a more clarity clear way that than i than i can um, so just before we go, because as we said, we're definitely going to do this again. We need to have another few interviews because I, we haven't even got half of what <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Um, so we're definitely going to do this again. But like just for the purpose of, of this kind of interview, 
um, for anyone who's listening in this interview and immediately wants to connect with you and immediately wants to, to take advantage of what you have to learn, could you let us just quickly know about some of the the the, the, the teachings and the coachings that you do and the, the retreats, um, including your, your tantric yoga, which you teach in, in sacred spaces? Thank you. So uh, my website is www.ulliskarlson.com. So ulliskarlson.com. It is not updated. I'm not uh, very fan <laughs> of sitting in front of the computers. I'm I'm a more fan of you know interacting with people. But it, but it's there. My my contact information is there, and I like from my books. Uh, that I really recommend to which are on million. Amazon as they Kindle are on well. Amazon. Yes, on Amazon. And my new book is being launched now. Oh wow! In wow. June, six of June, twenty twenty-two. So it's six 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 numerology. Ooh! <laughs> so it's clearing the number of the beast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that book is also about the divine soul and these times that we are living in. And uh, if you want to have a yogic consultation or soul reading, karma clearing, and yeah, Ulis Carlson is where you find me. I just uh, got back to Facebook actually because I've been banned <laughs> and censored from Facebook. Why? Being too much, uh, speaking my truth. So, uh, yep. But anyway, you find me on Ulis Karlsson and, and I would love to hear from you if you have any questions or reflections or feedback or if you want any of my services. But all my books are books that are here to inspire and to reactivate your path. Yeah, I wish you had sent me a copy of one of your books because I definitely I will do so. I will do it. I would love to read them all. I've read so many books and I was actually surprised to find out that you were an author and why didn't she send me her books to read? I'd be absolutely delighted to read them. Um, so look, yes, thanks so, so much. And I'm, we'll include those links um, in, the, in the episode when the episode actually gets published um, publicly. This is just a live broadcast. And just before you go, Ulrika, could you please, if you can, leave our viewers, our listeners with one kind of key concept that they can take away now and immediately put into practice. All is well. Okay, that, that's fantastic. I couldn't have said it any better myself. So even if you are suffering right now, uh, if you find yourself in a dark place, maybe you are just, you know, a seed that have been planted and to become a new plant. And the word depressed if you feel that you're depressed you can also translate it into deep rest that you are in a deep rest your body mind and soul so all is well Absolutely. your soul know what it's doing trust yeah it. i just live by that maxim I've, I've used that term myself on a number of occasions and it there's something about it that just it provides so much reassurance when you just tell yourself that because ultimately yeah. all will be well yeah. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with someone as inspirational, as informative, um, as, and serves so much as a teacher for myself as well. And I'm really, really looking forward to, to doing this again and diving into so much of the stuff that we didn't. And I can almost guarantee but when the second interview comes around, they'll still not have everything <laughs> that we want to talk about. No, <laughs> thank you so much. 
for having me and for this space that you're holding and for the heartfelt connection and uh, thank you for being open also to receive me uh, some are uh, some are not so thank you for receiving me and also acknowledging me and my journey and uh, you're doing a great job and you your work is truly important as well like you are like you are like the the beacon with your podcast that brings up you know hard hard subjects uh, and taboo topics which is which is supposed to be talked about because then the tabooness and the, mm -hmm. the weirdness is gone so thank you so uh, much and thank you also for you who's listening and please connect absolutely please that that's kind of my message it's not about um it's not about um, uh, so many in the spiritual community do. I was just talking about this last night and living in their own kind of spiritual bubbles and thinking that I need to have more followers, I need to have more gain. You're still living by that old ego, that old paradigm. You're meant to be spiritual people. We need to come together. We need to connect. We need to join forces so that we can make change in the world. You know, take the ego out of it. It's not about how many followers you have, about how popular you are. It's about making connections. And I have made a very deep and long-lasting connection with you, Ulrika. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor. And with that, I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. And uh, the same to you. You are...